What's up, guys? This is Carly Janae, and I thank you for tuning in to the Naked and Exposed, the podcast. And we back, we back, we back, we back, we back. <laughs> What's up, guys? I thank you for joining me for episode four, 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 four. yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you guys for joining me. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I recommend that you go back and listen to three, two, and one, except in the other order, listen to it from one, two, three, four, just so you can be caught up and kind of understanding what is happening. But I am excited. The new year is upon us. Christmas is literally next week. And let's jump into poem number three, which is called Surrender. So I can break this down for you. You ready? Five, four. Three, two, I used to think it was cute to go against the grain as if it was a symbol of strength. Being the loudest in the back of the room convinced I had mastered the art of projecting my voice. Becoming this stereotypical robot of all the black girl labels you could think of and some. Demanding to be heard that I forgot the sound of my own voice. Quick to prove someone wrong and deem them unworthy that I forgot that I too fall short of the glory of God. Daily I had been living in the trenches of the world's lies for so long that I actually started to believe them. Allowing the coldness of this world to make me bitter. Clinging on to what I believed to be what was best for me. My vision was distorted. You could hear it through the ink in my pen. Through the cracks in my tone. Forgetting that all nightmares once start off as dreams. To go against the grain is not a symbol of strength. Being the loudest in the back of the room did not mean I had mastered the art of projecting my voice. Focusing on what I lacked only kept me stuck in the past. So today, these days, I choose to live free. Turning my back from who I was and turning towards the only source that can save me. That saved me. (laughs) Y'all, listen. To the words about to come out my mouth. I am back at the bottom of the mountain, ready to climb up again. And what's funny is when you learn how to identify how the Lord speaks to you personally. And for me, it's full circle moments, it's cycles, it's seasons. And this time, Last year, November of last year, God gave me this poem. And this was the first poem I wrote for his kingdom. Now, when I was in the 12th grade, I started to write poetry as a method of escape, a method of escaping the pain in which I was feeling. And this was the easiest way to put it out there at that moment in time for what I had learned to do. And I started writing my 12th grade year of high school. 
got connected with the poetry team in college. And by sophomore year, I made it onto the slam team and we traveled to Austin, Texas, the University of Texas at Austin, where I competed in my first ever Cup C poetry slam. And that was the first time I was on a plane. <laughs> and we're not even going to insert that experience, but it was terrible, all caps. And what's interesting enough is this experience for me literally catapulted me into a two-year writing block. And it's interesting because this environment is, it was full of people who were bleeding out through the words that they wrote their truth in. And an environment that's supposed to foster your ability to stand in your truth was, it was the complete opposite because reality of it is when you're hurting when you're broken, you're easily offended by the things that people do or say. So for example, if you had a truth and it spoke to maybe a sibling or a a mother or uncle, it wasn't deemed appropriate for you to write about it and to perform about it because somebody who actually was living in that truth. And it was just very, a very uncomfortable experience for me, but very stretching, very eye-opening. And even though I didn't have the understanding to know what I was feeling, now I do. And I'm grateful for that season just because it took me a couple years to get to a point where I was ready to take this pain and to use it for God's glory. And I'll never forget, I wrote it and I'm just like, wow, I can speak my truth without walking in shame, without walking in condemnation, without being offended and really without trying to offend anybody. And if we dig into the poem, I used to think it was cute to go against the grain as if it was a symbol of strength. Being the loudest in the back of the room convinced I had mastered the art of projecting my voice. I thought who I was and who I was is who I am. And I'm quickly learning that who I think I am is not who God has called me to be. And that is the same for you. Our life is shaped by our perspectives. Our life is shaped by our experiences. Our life is shaped by our thought process. And it's this, it's this moment for me of realizing that my truth is not the truth. And being okay with that and realizing that the stereotypes that people place on me and the stereotypes that I place on myself, I don't have to hold on to that because During that time, two years ago, before I wrote the poem, like that two-year period, I realized that one, I'm Black and I'm a female. And in the grand scheme of things, you know, how that kind of flows. And there's so much pressure on our backs as individuals to succeed, to have all of this all of this nothingness, if we put it in the grand scheme of eternity, because the only thing that matters is what you do for the kingdom of God. 
but I was living in this broken perspective. And it took a creative block to get me to a place where I was ready to surrender the gifts that the Lord has given me back to him so he could use it for my good and his glory. And I I wonder what it is that the Lord has given you to use for your good and his glory for the people group that you are called to. I wonder what it is because the word says that your gifts will make room for you. It's not about who you are or what your gifts can do. It's about whose you are. Because when you know whose you are, you know who you are. And it doesn't matter who you are if you don't know whose you are. And God says that he will not leave nor forsaken us. And I was reading Songs of Songs saying, if I, once again, if I can just be um, completely transparent with you guys. This journey is not easy, especially when you find yourself back at the bottom of the mountain, ready to climb up it again. But this time you're more equipped than the first time you went through this process. And to know that you can't hold on to the past experience and allow it to shape what is going to happen because this season for me is going to look completely different than my last season, but it's, it's a similar concept because we're in this process of being perfected and we'll never be perfect on this side of heaven, but we're in the process of allowing the Lord to uproot and replace and point out and to rename and to rearrange and to basically acknowledge His word says to acknowledge me in all your ways and I will set your path straight. It's acknowledging him. It's seeking him. It's keeping your eyes fixed on him so that he can lead you and guide you. It's it's by yielding. It's by submitting. It's by obeying. It's realizing that we can't do this without him. It's physically impossible. His word says, my strength is made perfect and weakness. The word says to cast your cares upon me. The word says to be still and know. And as a person who is used to striving and is trying to stay, I'm so used to striving that I'm subconsciously still doing it. And I have been getting revelation around that. And it's, it's only going deeper. Yes, I do believe that for me, the, the surface level things have been cleaned away, but now it's like, it's time to go deeper. It's, it's now time to deal with these the residue of the things that I've freed you from, because it's one thing to be whole and, whole and healed. And that is the goal. The goal is to be whole and healed, but we can't confuse that with brokenness because the requirements of God is a broken and contrite heart. So we are all broken individuals. We are all broken, pressed and shaken on all sides. And we're all in different seasons. We're all apart along different journeys. We're all in different processes. But the requirements to God is a broken and contrite heart. But at the same time, he wants us to be whole and healed. He wants us to be whole and healed. And it's realizing that for the rest of our life, 
we have to maintain that freedom by thinking about the things that we think about, by recognizing the things that have been passed through generations to generations that stop with you, by forgiving. Forgive those who trespass against you. Forgive others so that your Father in heaven can forgive you. God doesn't tell us to forgive for them. He tells us to forgive for us because he knows what anger, what bitterness, what resentment, what hurt, what rejection, what abandonment can do to the body. The word talks about that. How a bad, how a sad spirit is bad for the bones, but a cheery spirit is good for the heart. All of this is in scripture. And I I just challenge you guys to go back and to test, (laughs) study the word to test yourself approved. Everything that I say, everything that I will say, anything that anybody says, God says to, to study the word, to test yourself approved. And you guys, I am on this journey of loving me through the eyes of the father for my well-being, because I have rejected myself for so long. I have taken the rejection that I perceive from other people, which really rejection is just the perverted lens of protection. And I've taken that and I've fed it to myself and I've held it in and I've been striving and I've been masking my feelings. And I'm realizing that this goes deeper than I think that God will do abundantly and exceedingly more. And and the same for you. It's recognizing that sometimes I don't give grace in areas that I expect people to give me grace in. And it's being okay with admitting that I don't do it, asking for forgiveness to the Father and to the person that I may have condemned. And then asking that we pray into it and that they forgive me and turning from that and not doing it again, but not even using that we all fall short of the glory of God as a crutch, but as a realization that we are all imperfect human beings who serve a perfect God. Because our father in heaven came off of his throne, made himself a baby in human form that was born in a manger. Okay. He knows what it is to be tempted. He knows what it's like, but yet he is spotless. He is sinless. He knows what it's like to be struggling. He knows what it's like. So wherever you are, you are not alone. Whatever you've gone through, it's okay. It's shaped this moment right now for you to be exactly where you need to be. And it's recognizing that every decision you make may not be a part of God's plan, original plan, but he will use it for your His your story and his glory for those who are called according to his purpose. And I'm going to keep it a buck. We are all called according to his purpose, but a lot of us don't have the eyes or ears to see it, to believe it, or to understand. And I am believing in faith that you see it, that you understand, and that God loves you, that you are enough, that you are forgiven, that 
he died on the cross for you and I. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And as I'm going deeper in just coming to know who I am in Christ and just coming to know the love of the Father and learning how to step in the rest that was given to us when he died on the cross and to step into the inheritance of what he has left for us to accomplish for the purpose that is on our life, for the problems that we are called to solve that only we can solve. I'm I'm learning what that looks like. What does it look like to love you? Because I'm a firm believer that you don't, you can't expect somebody to love you when you don't know how to love yourself. The word says to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with everything. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. But how can you love somebody else when you don't love you? And that was the story of my life. I learned how to reject me because of not knowing how to manage my feelings, my perspectives, my just, I didn't know. And now God is giving us an opportunity to learn the truth. And it's not fun. It's not easy recognizing the disgusting things in your own heart that you may be projecting on other people that may have gotten you to where you are today, that may have gotten you into some situations that, yeah, sure, could have been avoided, but now you have something to speak to. Now you have something to be able to show that there is a God who got you through this and helped you to overcome. And it's being able to look at from that perspective of <laughs> all all nightmares once started off as dreams that fear and faith can't operate in the same world and perfect love cast out all fear fear is rooted in punishment so where fear is present you think that you deserve it that you're being punished that it's, and that's not true because we know perfect love cast out all fear. And we know God's word says that he doesn't give us the spirit of fear. But it's being able to constantly rehearse, renew, repeat, declare God's word over your life and over your thought patterns so that it it's renewed to the point that when the thought comes up, you're instantly able to cancel it. It's to the point where when you think something negative, it's like, hold up, (laughs) that's not what my God says. And it's resting in that. And I wanted to share with you guys that I have been studying songs of songs and songs of songs, one five, just kind of paraphrased in the the Passions Translation. If you aren't familiar with the Passions Translation, I totally recommend you get it. I recommend you get a study Bible, ESV, New King James, get you a strong concordance because you'll learn that. Words have different meanings in the Bible because of the Hebrew and Greek translations. And so right here in Songs of Songs 1-5, the Shulamite woman who is basically us, who is enthralled in the the king, enthralled in Jesus, is in love with Jesus and doesn't think that he will love her. She says right here in scripture, I know I am so unworthy, so in need. And so I picture me saying that like, God, I'm so unworthy. I'm not enough. I make a lot of mistakes. 
I've done some crazy things. But yet God responds and says, yet you are so lovely. Despite what you think about yourself, despite what other people say about you, despite the mistakes you have made, you are lovely. I love you. You are enough. I died on the cross for you. I came back to save you. I leave the 99 for you. I created you because I love you. And there's nothing you can do to make me love you anymore. And there's nothing you can do to make me love you any less because I'm not going to love you any less because I love you. And we have never... A lot of us, let me not say we have never, a lot of us have never experienced this type of love, this type of agape love. And so I challenge you to really dig deep, to really sit before the Lord because he does speak clear and ask him to show you who he is so that you can see who you are in the right perspective. And you'll realize that all you have to do is turn towards the one that saved you. Who's, who, who is here, who is with you, where the stereotypes don't matter. <laughs> the things you've done just don't matter. And I'm excited for your future. I'm excited to see what God is going to do in your life for 2019. This is going to be a supernatural year, you guys, of stretching, of favor, of obedience, of radical faith, of just seeing the manifestation of things that we need, that God wants to gift us. But first we have to be obedient. Obedient, obey, submit, yield, repent, forgive. And so I'm going to close us out in prayer and then I will see you all. I guess not see you all, but y'all know what I mean. In January, in the new year. You ready? So, Father, I just thank you on today. Father, I ask that as I pray that it be less of me and more of you. Father, I thank you for everybody who is listening under the sound of my voice, who is taking the time out to dig deep into this podcast. Father, I thank you that you knew that they would be listening on today, Father, that they would be desiring a fresh touch from you, Father, that they would be thirsting for a fresh touch from you, Father. And so I ask that you fill their love cup up, Father, that you fill their love cup up, Father, until it overflows, Father, that you meet them right there in their need, Father, that you camp your angels around them, Father, that you remind them that they are under the shadow of your wing, Father, that they, that you remind them that you are right there with them through the valley of the shadow of death, Father, that you are right there with them because you will not leave nor forsaken them and you will continue to leave behind the 99 to chase after them, Father. And so I just ask for fresh perspective, Father. I just ask for rest right rest right now in the name of Jesus, Father. I ask that you remind them that they can cast their cares onto you. Literally, they can close their eyes, tense up their body, imagine you standing in front of them and toss everything that they have been worrying about, been stressing about on to 
you, Father, that greater are you that's in us than he that is in this world, that the enemy is defeated. When you died on the cross, you said it is finished and it is finished. Everything the enemy will try to do is canceled in the name of Jesus. I, I break the, the the torment of premature death off of the lives of those that are listening, that have been struggling. I break the spirit of fear off of people that have been listening and are struggling. I pray, I break mental confusion. I break double-mindedness. I, I break doubt right now in the name of Jesus, because your word says that you don't give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And a sound mind cancels doubt, cancels insecurity, and cancels fear in the name of Jesus. Father, I just Thank you that you know the amount of hairs that are on our head, Father, that you were even strategic down to knitting us in our mother's womb, Father, that you were strategic down to creating us, Father, because you created us for a purpose, Father. And I ask that you awaken us to purpose, that you take us deeper in your love, your revelation, Father, that you give us fresh perspective, fresh eyes, fresh understanding, Father. I ask that you gird us in truth, that you help us to put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness to walk in moral integrity, to walk in purity. Father, that you allow us to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, to rest, Father, to know that peace is our portion, Father, to know that the gospel is our portion, Father, because your word says that you are not a man that shall lie. And your word also says that all scripture is God breathed. And so, Father, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus that you just Put on the shoes of the gospel of peace on us, Father, that you allow us to put pick up the shield of faith, Father, that you allow us to put on the helmet of salvation to guard our minds against the things of this world, Father, and you allow us to swing with the sword of the Spirit, with the word of God, which is sharper than, two, than any two-edged sword. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for 2019. I thank you for allowing us to Finish out 2018 in all his splendor and glory. And Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. It has been really, really real, real, real. And I look forward to seeing y'all soon. Holla.